0: Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never before told stories from the people of Detroit. You're listening to the Cat's Meow Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Cat's Meow. My name is Sharon, and I am here with my co-host Deidre. Deidre, I was going to let Deidre, DS and Smith introduce herself, but she said no. That's right. You do it. That's right. The boss has spoken. (laughs) So so we got Deidre here and we have a a special guest. So I, I asked Renisha what's her last name and she said it's Renisha today. So. We have Renisha today <laughs> joining I'm just us. Just
0: Renisha today.
1: Just Renisha today. So we're going to stick with that. I'm going to follow directions. And FYI, I am dealing with a hangover, but we are going to make it. Because <laughs> last night was special and rare for Sharon. doing all that. But last welcome. night was mad real. Yeah, last night. Because we feel spring coming.
0: Yeah. My birthday on the first day of spring.
1: Oh. Welcome. Welcome, Renisha. Good to It's have so you. good to
0: be here. Thank you for the invite.
1: You're welcome.
0: I'm excited.
1: So, you want a breakfast sandwich? Because Deidre got all these breakfast hey, sandwiches. I got a bucket of breakfast sandwiches. Okay, Nobody I'll, wants I'll
2: Thank you. a breakfast sandwich. Okay. Let me not We don't have no
1: mimosa, We got breakfast sandwiches.
2: Because I thought I was going to have to roll through the streets of Detroit and just hurl them out there. To but speak. I'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because you always end up getting a little more just in case. Yeah, yeah hurl them
1: out there to people. Well, I had to eat because I had to soak up whatever. So, I was talking to Renisha, and, and I know what Renisha does. So, would you mind telling us a little bit about what you do?
0: It's really kind of hard to put it into terms, Is isn't really? Because you an do advocate. a lot. Yes, I. At first and foremost, I am a women's empowerment enthusiast and a domestic and sexual violence advocate. Mm-hmm. Um. I work for a mainstream organization, which shall not be named, but also um, I have my own organization called Project 31, and we are dedicated to meeting women where they are. It's a faith-based organization really dedicated to eliminating um, violence against women, particularly women of color because there is wide gaps in that service delivery. And one of our main aims is ending period poverty. And so last year during the pandemic, well, we're still in this pandemic, we had um, a few drives to raise monies and tampons and pads for women in homeless shelters. And I'm sorry, but I can't think of the the numbers off the top of my head, but the drive was wildly successful. Mm. And so that's something that is ongoing. Mm -hmm. It's called Project Period. And people can donate Um, hygiene and sanitary napkins because that is something that women who are struggling with homelessness can't often get. And that is like, oh, you know, we need our pads. And, you know, it's funny that, or not funny, it's ironic. And I mean, I blame the patriarchy that condoms are free and given out everywhere. But women have to pay for a necessity like a sanitary napkin. So
1: you said something. You said, I know what it means. But I just want to hear you say it because you said we meet people where they are. What does that yeah. mean exactly?
0: Well, coming from the faith-based perspective, I think that um, people in the church, I love y'all, don't hate me. It is a Sunday.
1: They'll be fine. Um, they be we're, anyway. a little,
0: we're a little a little judgmental. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can be a little judgmental. And so some people from a faith background might not go To a woman or sex worker on the street. Or if they do go, they're trying to wash them with the blood of Jesus. So (laughs) that's not my standpoint. I meeting someone where they are is hey, I see you here. I see you as a whole person. And I wanna help you with your immediate need. I wanna build a relationship with you. And then let my my lifestyle, my personality, witness to you. And if you want to know more about Jesus and God, then, you know, let's have a conversation. But if not, I still love you and I pray for you and I'm still going to give you what you need. Take this hygiene kit, take these resources. Uh, I'm big. I'm a big advocate on community resources, building networks within the community. Um, it's so many silos in this work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are over here doing stuff. People are over there doing stuff. But if we came together, we could really serve Detroit in a greater way. So that is really one of my main aims. I love networking and talking to people. That's how I got cool with Sharon, mm-hmm. just by talking. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's kind of, that's what I do. In the nutshell, that's
1: what's up. Um, working with the Kofi House and, and a couple of other places. Um, so I I do a, a, a speakers bureau at work. I mm-hmm. went at Avalon. We Avalon now. Avalon. It's called Poetic Justice, and Deidre, you were part of that. Um, and one of the participants, that like all four of them is, is the, I always talk about them like they are doing amazing stuff. Yeah. But one of them um, started a nonprofit,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and it was for high school girls. Oh, that's dope. It's for high school girls, and it's for the sanitary. Um, tampons or pads or whatever and I didn't even think about this until she was talking to me about it and she was saying it's so many kids that can't go to they don't go to school because they don't have the feminine products That's right. when you know when they're having their, their cycles or whatever so thank you for doing that you know you don't, I, you don't think about that stuff you don't think about it you think about like you know the kids go to school and that may be the only time they get a meal you know what I'm saying stuff like that I'm not even thinking like you know
0: yeah period poverty is real Absolutely. Wow. I can remember
2: being, being homeless. And one of the hardest parts was having my cycle
1: mm-hmm.
2: while being homeless. Okay. It was Ain't anything no. else like a stomach. No food, fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> being nomadic, fine. But that that's, that's, a, that's a, whole situation. a whole different struggle. Mm-hmm. But thank you for doing that. That's, that's huge. Absolutely. Thank you know you. what? And the activists, so, you know, we travel. We know people from all over the place. But I would say the activists in Detroit are like a step above. Like, we think about... We think about shit that don't nobody else even think about. And, and really, the fact that you said, okay, this is faith-based, but I'm going to put all of that to the side. And I see that's why I wanted you to say, you know, what, what it means to meet someone where they are. That's huge. And we don't do that enough.
2: Really? Don't you find that, um, and oddly enough, being of the faith, and I do subscribe to Christianity... Isn't it odd uh, that the examples of Christ are taken out of a lot of faith based help? It's they run from exactly what he would run to.
0: Don't give me the preacher. <laughs> <laughs> preacher. Okay, because if we think about I'm so much interested in and another, I think one of my callings, well I know one of my callings is like relationships and helping women out of broken relationships but one of my favorite um stories in the bible is the prostitute Mm -hmm. no don't don't judge me because i can't think of her name but (laughs) wasn't mary magdalene when they was casting stones and jesus said he was not seeing cast the first stone
2: oh that was the woman that was the woman taken in adultery i don't know if if she was uh, a prostitute for sure but, but know, she was taking an adultery, yeah.
0: They were judging her. The man who was having sex with her was the ones condemning her. Right. Mm-hmm. And I see, I mean, that's that's rape culture today, mm-hmm. right? We are judging these women for how they express their sexuality, how, how they dress, how they talk. But it's glorified in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And Hip-hop was a passion for me. I got a love-hate relationship with hip-hop mm-hmm. right now. But it's like this contradictory when I think about the Bible, like you said, and how it goes back to the patriarchy for me and sexism and misogyny and for black women, noir. Women are less than and we're supposed to be subservient to the man. So whatever the man says is right, then, you know, we have to subscribe to that. And I don't really think that's true. And I think that the church needs to kind of... Speed up, like get with the new times Because Jesus preached, like you said Against all of what they were yeah. doing Like the
2: Pharisees Yeah, and you know what's crazy Is they they talk about um, the fall of mankind Through Eve's temptation Through the serpent But they never talk about Christ Coming first to a woman After having been risen And Mary Magdalene was the prostitute That he came to And she told the men, his disciples he is risen. That's the first evangelist. But then you don't see a lot of men uh, supporting
0: women. women in the pulpit. I know. My ex-boyfriend told me I couldn't be a pastor because women couldn't preach. They were just supposed to wear skirts and not pants. All of that old Bible stuff, <laughs> or, or I'm not going to say Bible stuff, uh, Baptist, because I grew up Baptist. I'm non-denominational now, but, yeah, I think it is. it is really sad that, people pick and choose what they want to ascribe to because I know pastors that cheat on their wives and we know that's a sin. So I think people want to place Christianity in a box and you really can't box God in. And I think one of the turning points for my faith was when I started to read the Bible for myself and God started to highlight all the important women who had ministry who had a role in witnessing uh like you said mary magdalene esther ruth rahab um then that's when i started to see myself because for a long time i was just like the woman at the well that's my favorite that's my first favorite that's my favorite favorite uh story and i think we have to focus like jesus is love that's what i believe And if we move in love, then everything else follows. Mm -hmm. And we can't judge people. You have to meet people where they are Mm -hmm. because who are we to judge? Like everybody has a sin. Mm -hmm. Everybody has something. So Mm -hmm. I just accept people and love on them. And life will teach you to mind your business and drink your water.
1: I'm learning. (laughs) You know what? One of the things my pastor always said, Mm -hmm. and I wish everybody would do it. I don't care what you practice, what you study. Mind your own damn business. Mm -hmm. Work on your own personal. (laughs) If you focused on all of the stuff you need to do, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't even have time to worry about nobody else. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't even have time. You know what I'm saying? If you are so consumed with working on you and making yourself better, and and if you do that, you know what I'm saying? Then the things that you're supposed to do with other people is going to project, is going to come out. Mm -hmm. Because if I say, I'm trying to work on making myself a better person, and I'm trying to work on my relationship with my creator to make it stronger. All of the other things like service yeah. and helping people and all of those other things are going to naturally happen. Yeah. If you can sit up there and just judge, it, who you don't make the final decision. If you can sit up there and judge somebody and worry about what somebody else is doing, you're not putting enough energy into yourself. And then
2: if you're really <clears throat> on a spiritual path, the minute that you fix your mouth, or your thoughts go to judgment, you're quickly reminded of something that you did. Mm -hmm. You quickly, you get quickly convicted. Yeah. Maybe not condemned, but convicted. You, it's something that if you are really on the spiritual path, Mm -hmm. something is triggered within you to make you shut up and bring focus back to yourself and what you can repent of or what you can work on.
0: If it don't. Yeah. If it don't convict you.
2: Yeah.
0: It'll convince you. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it'll come back around. Like, I always find myself saying, oh, I'll never be in that situation. Oh, mm-hmm. like, I was oh, real I judgmental just too. a year ago. Mm-hmm. And the same things that I was judging people for, <laughs> to I'm like, dang, I can really see why you would do that. <laughs> like, this girl was married, and she was talking about divorcing her husband for not cleaning up the dishes. I'm like, girl, why you marry him? Yeah. She yeah. got on a dating site was like, I just want to see... um." If I still got it, I'm like, girl, why you cheating? <laughs> now I'm like, I want to do I still got it. Because my husband getting on my nerve, and I want to divorce him right now. That's why I'm just releasing today. And I'm going to just be, I'm human. <laughs> I'm human. <laughs> but yeah, so like you have to mind your business mm-hmm. and be in alignment. Like you said, being in that oneness and you'll be good. And our our job is to love people, not judge them. Mm-hmm. I think that's where Christians get mixed up. They think oh, yeah. they got to be the um, sin police. Oh, yeah. And now, people of God, stop focusing on sex, drugs, and alcohol. Because yeah. there's more sins <laughs> than sex, drugs, and alcohol. I want us to start talking about the fruits of the spirit yeah. or something else. You know, like, for so long, we will be in this box, like, Okay, I'm, I can't drink. I can't party. Like, yes, that is in the Bible, that you know, in Galatians, but we need to expand our horizons. Like, people having fear and not living in their full purpose, that's the sin. Shit. Like,
1: Sit down and w- figure out why they drinking. Exactly. I saw the Billie Holiday story. Oh, my goodness. That so took good. a lot out of me. Yeah. But, and it's like I knew all of those things about her, because, like, you know, like, so for the other podcast with my job, I wanted to use Fila and I wanted to use Zombie, yeah. which is an excellent song. I'm getting to it. I know I'm long when Listen, it's coming. Which is an excellent song when you're talking about um, defying the government and revolutionary actions and stuff. But I always study the people that make the music. And, you know, so I'm torn with using his song for our podcast at work, being a sexual assault advocacy organization. And he was a bit of a womanizer, kind of. You know, a little R. Kelly-ish, maybe. Mm-hmm. They seem to all be participants, but, you know, back then, how the hell can you really tell? Because right. they was living in some kind of compound. Anyway, the man's music was great or whatever, but, you know, it's always something. And so when I was looking at Billie Holiday, and I said that to to say this, I read about her, and I knew about her. That woman who played her, she should get an award because that was a damn good performance. But to see it does something to you differently. Yeah. You know, her mother and the sexual abuse and the men and the brothel child. Yeah. I was like, oh. Her mama and- basically sold her off.
0: And we don't we don't look at people's traumas to yes. really address them. Yeah. You know, we just judge people off what we see, but we don't know what's underneath the surface.
1: Cause nobody wants to be a fucking heroin at it. Nobody is like, what you want to be, you know, when you little and shit? Like, I'm to be a heroin addict. Nobody do want to do that. You know what I'm saying? And and that kind of goes back to what Renisha was saying about meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was coming up, my mom talked really, really badly about um, about people on drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, horrible. To the point where, as a child, I'm looking at them like, ugh. You know? Mm-hmm. And then... Well, did some work over at Naomi's Nest for the lesbian and bisexual women over there. For those that don't know, Naomi's Nest is a, a substance abuse recovery center. Oh, okay. In Highland Park. And um, of course I'm engaging with people <laughs> with substance abuse issues, right? And I still had well I you know, got gotten rid of gotten rid of some of that judgment that my mom taught me to have. Yeah. Um, but never really sat down with an addict to hear their side of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the intention wasn't sexual assault, because this was before I started working at Wayne County Safe. The goal was just to have an outlet for their lesbian and bisexual women. Mm-hmm. But then, um, and I think I was a programs manager or whatever. I was doing uh, the thing at LGBT Detroit, yeah. woman to woman and then partnered with Wayne County Safe. And um, get over there, you know, and um, then I started working at Wayne County Safe, and so sexual assault focus, right? Just a question, like, how many of y'all have been sexually, you know, sexually assaulted? And they all screamed, me. And it was like Mm -hmm. nine of them in the room around this big old conference table, and they all screamed, me. Mm. And it kind of sent chills through me because once they did that, then you start to see some of them had never disclosed that before. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you're getting to the roots of things and they're going through the program and stuff, but it's the relapses. So why do you relapse? Well, because when I leave, I'm going back, whether it be home and I'm mm-hmm. seeing that family member, my daddy, my granddaddy, my, my, granddaddy, my uncle, granddaddy. my brother, right. You know what I'm saying? And, and everybody wants me to shut up. Yeah. They don't want me to bring it back up. Right. And then they praising this motherfucker. I'm sorry, it's Sunday and she's a church lady. They praising, they praising him. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to him sit him. here silent. Yeah. He's still eyeing me, or my kids are here, and I'm worried that maybe he'll do something to my kids. Mm-hmm. Relapse. And so with that, and I worked with Miss Calhoun, she passed. She was so nice. Um, but really talking about You know, y'all giving them the steps that they need to get clean, that's great now, but you ain't really getting to the root of what keeps making them go back to the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And then we talk about them, and then they have to go to jail again, and then you're taking their kids again, and it's a cycle. Break the cycle. The root of it is that the triggers, when they leave, makes them go back. And, you know, I was telling my um,
0: therapist this. I feel like sometimes I'm the therapist but um, you can't heal in a place where you're currently being harmed. Yeah, like, exactly. You gotta be in a different space.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And I think it's something, a sexual assault is so taboo, right? Like, it happens in the church. We don't talk about it in church. It happens in families. We don't talk about it in the families. And we just kind of hide this. It's like a, a mask that people have to put on, and then on the inside, they're just dying. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we hold them accountable. What did you yeah. do?
0: Yeah. yeah. You yeah. What were yeah. you wearing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And-, and that's so sick. How are you going to hold a child accountable yeah. for a grown person? And and that's something that, again, I used to be very judgmental um around sexual assault, mm-hmm. and I had to get delivered from that and understand that you have to place the blame on a perpetrator because violence is a choice. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. It's <clears throat> some sick stuff. And even, you know, at at Avalon, I do a lot of work centered around me and now. Yeah. I'm really trying to bring that to the forefront, to the forefront. The thing about working with sexual assault um I'm sorry. I keep getting these weird messages. The thing about working with sexual assault it's not money for prevention. Because it would be great if we went into it's the schools. It's, it That's is, a lie. It is, is money is for lie. prevention.
0: Yes. What? Okay, now I'm about to get on my good trouble box. The problem is... <laughs> Let's get into that good trouble. Tell us. There is no money for black and for people of color. There's no, mm. there's no programming for culturally specific mm. programs. Mm. Because it's prevention in the um, suburbs. Mm. I know a couple of programs... But me down. I know some tight-fisted organizations mm-hmm. and government agencies that make it very hard for communities of color to get funding. Mm-hmm. So, I, And that's a call for black people to become philanthropists. Give back to your community. Yes, it is. Fund these grassroots organizations because we can't really, oh, Audrey Laura said it, um, the master's tools will not set you free. Mm-hmm and so yeah that economics like community economics is important
1: do you understand so i worked in the schools before i started working at Wayne or avalon and it was it was a junior high school and i specifically told them i did not want to go to the junior high school they felt like i was so good with the kids because the junior high kids is bad as hell yes i love bad. it don't That's nobody up, else i like them I, you like them yeah, those babies yeah. and stuff. Oh God, Cause I Cause they they
2: give you the truth. Like I like. I didn't want the, the truth. I
1: just wanted them too. to do their work. I like the babies. <laughs> I like the babies when it comes to teaching because the junior. Well, that's a whole nother story. But anyway, it, it, looking at how they interact with each other and the girls and the boys and I'm like, so many of them is about to go to jail in a couple years because this mm-hmm. shit is out of order. If we can just go in there and talk, and it's not like I don't want to say. You know, make excuses for people who you know commit assault and stuff like that. But there are sometimes looking at these kids; they really think what they're doing is okay because the it's music says it's behavior. okay. Exactly, because they do it, at, they see it at home, TikTok. Because yep, you know social yep social media, and and they think it's okay. And then and when, games, Grand yeah. Theft
0: Auto, like oh, all yeah. of that.
1: They They be raping in there real. Yeah, I was about to
0: say, they raping there. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I didn't, um, like sexual education was like wear a condom or be abstinent or you're <laughs> going to get STDs. Right. It didn't talk about boundaries, it Right. self-love. I think, I didn't understand the concept of self-love until I was like 24.
2: Yeah. They yeah. never teach you that. They give you a, an egg to care for. Mm -hmm. or a flower bag and a diaper (laughs) and then they show you pictures of venereal diseases at their worst
1: exactly like don't do it that's Uh, it trying to scare people yeah Yeah.
2: these kids ain't scared about ain't nothing okay God bless
1: them
2: which is which is guided in the right way that fearlessness is what we need Mm. that's what we need in this era like every child in every era Is equipped to have what we need to fight whatever evils and ills for that particular era. So these kids are rowdy and rambunctious, and they're fearless for a purpose. But if it's not cultivated, if they don't have any sense of direction, then it's wasted. Destructive. And it's yeah, it's just destructive. So we,
0: we, I'm a conspiracy theorist. That's what they want. mm -hmm. They don't want us to be great. They don't want. Look at look outside. Mm -hmm. When you go down Woodward, how many? Gas stations or liquor stores on there. Well, how many health food stores are there? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so depleted, and, and the resources and the access is depleted. Like, there's no investment in Black
1: youth.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It used to be when I was coming up. you yeah. know, all of like the um, crunk was open. You can learn boxing from like box. You know, <laughs> professional yeah. boxers. We had the Forge Community Center. We had all of the community centers. Youthville, Detroit. All of a that. Pride, pride Kobe goal. Young um yeah. nysp program in the summertime at wayne state operation get down oh we ain't got nothing yeah yeah and then and then they shut down the mental hospitals on top of it oh my goodness so talk about it you know that was up there um engler, engler. Right? yeah mm-hmm. governor engler Yep. shut all that down and so here we are you know but
0: generations of trauma yeah. unresolved
1: mm-hmm. yeah you know, and then here we are, and this is what we're doing. We're trying to make a difference, and we're trying to work together. And I tell everybody all over, anytime I travel, I'm like, Detroit activists is dope. Like, y'all need to catch up. I'm cocky about it, because it's the truth. It's the truth. Like, we advocate for stuff. Like, she talking about, would you period, what'd you call it? Period poverty. Period poverty. I ain't never heard that before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And everybody else is so surface, is so basic, yeah. and we really dive into into you know different things I remember when um the NSO was open
0: mm-hmm.
1: before COVID like a few years before COVID and I wasn't doing this in the winter so I ain't even going to front. like I ain't that kind of thug but <laughs> on Saturday mornings Sunday mornings I would get up and go buy a whole bunch of the breakfast specials at Coney Island Did you know it was like three dollars or something <laughs> and then I would take them over there and pass them out and sit with the people and eat and stuff like I need yeah. to understand the com- I can't help you know, and I, I can't try to help without really understanding. And that's why I said I had to really talk to people with addiction. Like, that is a disease. And, and you know, we want to blame them for being on drugs. Why the hell they on them? Because nobody wake up and want to do that. Yeah. You know, homeless people, and I educate people sometimes, too. I'm like, some of them don't want a house. You think oh, about Oh, I learned that when I was in
0: California. Yeah. yeah. These people was like, oh, it's unsustainable. <laughs> I'd rather sleep on the floor or, or you know like in California they have this thing called uh, the tent it's a row. Mm. Skid row skid row skid roll. so they would rather live on skid row and tents than to have a house well you know houses in California is extremely expensive but mm-hmm. yeah that was a mind shift for me for mm-hmm. them to be like no I don't want a house and I'm like
1: oh okay
0: <laughs> right alright so how can I help you now Right. like what, right. what
1: can I do for you yeah and that's the thing nobody ever asked what what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. We always assume right? Exactly. that we know what's best for somebody. Exactly. Okay. I'm so never, I'm tired like, of the, the cookie cutter,
2: one-size-fits-all approach. Huh. Let's get into that white supremacy. Eagles. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <Yeah. laughs> but it goes back to what you were saying, um, Sharon. If you don't sit down and talk to the people and what you were saying, if you don't meet them where they're at, you won't be able to hear their narrative and really hear how you can best assist them for their own individual Yeah. Situation. What What can we do that's specifically designed and tailor fitted for for what for what your your needs are? But here, let me tell you
0: the problem that I see. Um, I really don't want to mention this, but so my job has a model called the Great Lake the Great Lakes model for service delivery. Right, it's trauma informed survivor center intersectional. Intersectionality was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw. I'm going to give you all a little black history mm-hmm. to address um, the experiences of black women around sexism and racism. And now intersectionality has been adapted to <laughs> look at the whole person, you know, regardless of race mm-hmm. or gender. So age, immigration status, all, all the things that make up identity. But the problem is with this approach is that we're not getting to the roots of racism in America Because if I can't look past your race, I can't look past your sexuality, your gender expression. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about homophobia, transphobia. I can't get past those isms and phobias. I can't serve you Mm -hmm. as a whole person. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to try that cookie-cutter approach that's not going to work. Because what works in Lansing is not going to work in Detroit. What works in Detroit ain't going to work in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So we have to get to, like everybody's saying, we have to get to those roots. Mm -hmm. to really serve people in a way that suits them. Because if we have those biases, if we have those judgments, all the things that we just talked about, we have all of that, we're not going to be able to tailor suit anybody. And it's a lot of resistance around intersectionality and service provision. People have that um, stance of all lives matter, all survivors matter. Mm -hmm. I don't have to change my approach. And it's like, um, yes, yes, you do, because... (laughs) Kenyatta and her kids ain't going to be able to use that shampoo. that You, you got that Tresemme. They're going to need some just for me. <laughs>
2: cream of nature. Bring me the cream of nature, okay. please.
0: So it takes a certain um, competency and humility to really have that approach. Mm-hmm. You know what's, what's funny to me
2: is when it comes to health and assistance, help, cultural competency goes out the window. But mm-hmm. when it comes for predatory practices, you're very culturally aware. Because you know what these cultures value, what their limitations are in order to come in and be unethical. But then you all of a sudden lose cultural
1: competency when it's time to help.
2: No, you know me very well.
1: I, um, I don't even use cultural Let competency. Let the church say anymore. amen. I don't even say that because I feel like that's offensive. Mm-hmm. Just because I spend a few hours with somebody. Say I go, because, you know, for work, I may go to the to the reservation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't spend a little bit of time. And they have... So when I go to different communities, I humble myself. Yeah, humility. I act like I don't know nothing, and I don't, because I'm trying to absorb whatever you're willing to let me. You know, you Mm -hmm. you see the words I use, and that Mm -hmm. fucks people up sometimes. Serve, Mm -hmm. let me. You know, they looking at... Mm -hmm. No, because I have to shrink myself and listen, Mm -hmm. because they have allowed me into their space, first of all. So that's the the hugest respect, because some of these communities, they don't let you... They don't... You don't exist. And so when I go in there, I just want to learn whatever it is that you want to teach me mm-hmm. and then sit down with you and come up with a plan on how we can make it better. And when I go into places and I say cultural competency, I, I'm not competent about it at all. Just mm-hmm. because I spent a few hours in there with That's you deep. and I learned a little something. Now I'm culturally, I'm an expert. Mm-hmm. I am an expert at humility. I am, an expert of, I, love at, that. I am an expert at putting my shit to the side and realizing that it ain't about me. Yeah, you have a lot of advocates and people in these organizations that they're in this for them. Yeah, yeah. it ain't got nothing to do with the people. Yeah,
0: and it's like a a psychological. I've been a survivor. Now I want to save people. Type of complex Mm -hmm. that I'm still breaking down because I'm I'm in, in contact with people who who have this narcissism about them when it comes to mm-hmm. this work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. Well, I, I think, too, it goes back to the importance of small cell groups that help. Mm-hmm. We go to large organizations and expect them to be the end-all, be-all of help. Yeah. But the most effective approaches are always individuals in smaller groups that can then sprout off. Smaller groups that can then sprout small, small off smaller groups. It's the cell group effect that really is effective in help outreach in any yeah. in any facet. When you look at the, what the ground grassroots movement grassroots. are doing on the ground versus what they the big organizations do,
0: the cycle of a grassroots organization is, is three effective. to five years, though. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and yeah.
0: that's that's what happens. It's like we got all this momentum, but then we don't got. The manpower, but we don't got know. the money, we don't got the building, we don't got, we don't got it's a lack. And then it's also um, a scarcity model. Mm-hmm. And so these supreme organizations got all the resources, they're going to divvy it out how they want to and to who they want to, mm-hmm. while people on the ground, they don't get, you know, what they deserve.
1: You mm-hmm. know what's weird too? Because like, I don't have a degree. Mm -hmm. I don't People think I do That's funny Why? Because I do shit that I do That you think I gotta have a. You don't have to have a degree Sure don't The school You know what's even more funny? I teach at the schools Nah, ain't that some shit?
2: (laughs) Before I even got a degree I was years deep And I didn't have no degree
1: Yeah You know School can't teach me me School can't teach me how to care That's right Mm -hmm. School can't One of the things that I like to do And I love when I have the freedom to do it Is bring the big organizations And the grassroots organizations together I want to learn how to write grants yeah, so that I can write them for the grassroots organizations. And because of the things that I learned, not just locally, but nationally and shit now about to be globally, right? Um, I want to share that. It's not mine to hold on to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We love vessels. We can be little tunnels of where information travels through to get to other people. Yeah, And that's another thing with, with some of the organizations and some of the people is they feel like it's mine. Mine, it's, mine, mine. Like well, you that, um, the Grabs in thing. a
2: ba- like you, barrel. Yeah. 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 Well, like, well, like, it's like what you were saying, the savior complex in it all. You want to be the poster child. Mm-hmm. The martyr. For, well, yeah. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't work like that. At least it's not as effective.
0: That motto is not sustainable. Yeah.
1: No, it's <laughs> not. It's not. And any time... One thing that I can honestly say about me that makes me feel okay is... Every day I go to bed, I know I help somebody yeah. in some kind of way. When I do community work, I don't focus on one specific. I'm like, you know, so we need relationships with the grocery stores. Exactly. And, and the, you know, the people over here on the corner at the mm-hmm. you can You can absorb something from everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not just one specific thing. And I think when we can learn how to come together as community. Exactly. Then we'll be a lot further along.
0: RJ Laura said it. Without community, there's no liberation. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So Renisha, tell us what you want us to know about you. Who is who is what? What, what does Renisha want us to know about Renisha outside of work, or you could talk about some with work.
0: Um, what I want y'all to know about me. I'm from the east side. East side, let's go. I'm From the east side. Yes, I, yes. I'm a poet, and yes. I'm really um. Getting comfortable with performing again. So like I started writing when I was real young. I opened yeah. up for a uh, Talib Kwali when I was like 16. Yeah, me too. Let's go. Oh, that's Let's like good. God. <laughs> so yeah, like I be on my Easter right? you watch Insecure? I don't. People always say watch What I don't watch
2: I don't watch TV and stuff. Oh, like I'm, okay. I'm kind of geeky. I'm i I'm, I'm a geek. I'm off the loop. Oh, okay. I'm not really as hip as I could appear. You gotta watch Insecure though. I will, cause I like Issa.
0: Yeah, she be like she have a moment, she'll just go into the mirror and she'll start rapping to her reflection. Yeah. <laughs> and I be having those
2: moments. Yeah. Like
0: it really saved me. Yeah. Um, I was going through something at work. Yeah. And uh a tool that my therapist Hi. My a tool that my therapist uh gave me was to ask myself what I needed in that moment, and when she when she told me that, I was like, "That's the stupidest thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that." But it really helped me. This one time, I was dealing with something, and I just started freestyling uh-huh. about what I needed. Uh huh. It was grace and compassion. Mm. And um, I really wish I would have wrote that poem down because it was it was dope. Mm -hmm. But um, so in 2021, that is definitely something I want to get back into um, harnessing my creativity. Please do. I really slept on myself for a long time with um, just all my ideas that I want to do. So, you know, I am creative. I'm an innovator.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm a giver. I love giving back to the community. I love working with kids and youth. I think I know they are the future. Yeah. So that's a big investment. And I'm just, I'm just me. <laughs> I'm <not> like, <laughs> you got to uh, come kick it with me to get to know me. I'm, I'm I cool. I'm a cool chick from the east side. <laughs> okay, east side.
1: Sweet. Forever. East side forever. Sweet. Thank you so much for coming. Um, you know, you do a lot of stuff and I see you. Um, if people wanted to donate to the organization that you have, Period Period yes. Poverty, And all of that kind of stuff. What do they do?
0: Definitely. So you can cash app us at money sign project 31. And 31 is spelled. Hold on. Let me make sure. (laughs) Project
1: 31. Period. Poverty. You need to look that up, people. Pay attention Mm -hmm. to it. You know. I think that's the
2: most pivotal
0: thing. her. Hashtag or money sign project thirty one thirty one is spelled out. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Project Thirty One. Okay. Everything is spelled out, and we are aiding in in the elimination of period poverty in the Metro Detroit area.
1: Awesome. Thank you for all that you do. Um, I know you be wanting to be vocal and cut loose sometimes, so, (laughs) and I know you don't, and I know why, but I appreciate you for everything you do. Thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you for thank having you so me.
0: Much. This was so much fun.
1: Yeah, we'd love to have you back.
0: Yes, I will come back anytime when we can go off on the white supremacy. <laughs> Next time, please put that on the menu.
1: <laughs> I got a lot to say. We will uh, reserve a space for you to go off on white supremacy. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely enough room for that. So yeah. thank you so much, Nisha. Thank you, Deidre DS Smith. Thank you. My co-host. Another great show. Yeah, yes, another this great was show. an awesome show. Thank y'all. Share it, like it, they should um, you know, they can also go on a Facebook page and talk shit. They definitely can. They Start can. a discussion. I embrace talking shit to me. Mm-hmm. Start, Start a to discussion. Something. Start a thread. Yeah. Absolutely. So thanks everybody. Catch y'all Take next care. time on the Cast
2: Remember to like,
0: share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store,
2: and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.